in March of 2020, people were saying, is Realogy going to go bankrupt? They've had a huge bounce back since March of 2020. This is Byron Lazine and Nicole White, and you are tuned into episode 156 of The Real Word. Word is up. All right, we've got part two here. We're going to jump right into it because we've got five trends. If you missed the first four trends, nine through six, really, the way they did it. This is the way Swanapol I was waiting for you to see how your math math came out. Go back and watch episode 155. Are you telling them where they're going now? Are we doing that still? No, we'll do. We're done. Definitely go over and subscribe to the Real World channel. If you're on the One and Company channel, you need to do that now. But go back and, and watch episode 155, the Real Estate Trends Report from Swanepoel, 16th edition for 2021 is out. We recapped trends nine through six last week's show, 155. And on this show, we're going to go through the rest of the trends, five through one, starting with trend number five, Real estate's cloud-based brokerage. Did you takes breathe? Take a breath. Light. I did. Okay, I did. Good. All right. Okay. This is uh, the model and structure behind EXP's realty explosive growth. Uh, obviously, they have been on a just tear since 2017 in terms of adding agents, teams, mega teams. I'm thinking about some of our friends, uh, Kyle Whistle in San Diego, uh, Scott Compa team over. Wait, in, he's at he, he's yeah. EXP. Huh. Big EXPer now. He's always trying to sell the mastermind. No, he's not. Well, doing it's that. interesting we though because there are some EXPers though that 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 ditched out this year too. Uh, yeah, a couple, not a yeah. lot, not a lot, not a uh, lot. But Maybe. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you're talking about Macy, who who went over to that new. I don't even want to mention them because they're they're not really on the radar yet. Uh, no, I'll mention them. The real brokerage, I guess they're called. But anyways, Macy switched out of EXP, similar model. Uh, but we everybody knows an EXP agent, but. It's really been that um, mega team switching over to EXP that's that's really helped with their with their growth. We can name a, a number of them, but anyways, EXP in just twelve years. This is the big stat. Mm-hmm. In twelve years, they have become the fourth largest brokerage in terms of volume, the third largest brokerage in size. The volume was over thirty six billion in two thousand nineteen. Uh, sides over 130,000. They didn't have their final 2020 numbers. Obviously, this was written in October right. of 2020. Uh, but to me, when I look at the market caps, the way they list brokerages, they're considering kind of like Zillow and Redfin, uh, you know, residential real estate companies. In terms of a stock market cap, mm-hmm. EXP has the highest market cap of any residential brokerage. If you're in real estate, you've been recruited by one of these agents before. For sure. Um, and you know, there's a lot of teams like the ones I just mentioned that are still building a true business. There's also a lot of agents uh, that have just switched over to work on their downline. So that well, I was part say, of it's like, not it's, that it's, sustainable. It's, well, it's sort of like a, like an like a Herbalife. Like you're you're you're, right, like you're, exactly. you're selling Mary Kay products. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so not every agent is going to be productive. They have they have uh, what is their agent count right now? Number three for national rank at just about twenty five thousand. That's their source is their own uh, 2020 real estate almanac. That is probably up even as of today. I think it's up like over 30,000 now. I mean, they, they just continue to add agents 
at a massive tear. They go well, the I'm whole certain thing. though it was probably much easier to do that too, since we were living in such a virtual world too. Mm. You know, I mean, if I feel like if you were just sort of pinging those 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 words, it was so much easier to to sort of get these agents into. As of October 16th, 2020, their market cap was 3.51 billion. Obviously, Zillow's 22 billion. If you want to include CoStar again, they're up over 30 billion now that they're getting into residential real estate. Uh, Redfin's just at about $5 billion. And, and then you've got Realogy down, which we're going to talk about next, at $1.24 billion. And then nobody else is in the billions for the market cap. Remax is under a billion, uh, so on and so forth. So those are the public traded companies. EXP, their stock, let me just actually, I don't have it up, but I'll just bring it I up real quick. I thought you already had it up. No, that was Realogy. EXPI is the stock ticker. If you were in EXPI a year ago... It was, like let's go January 13th, 10? 2020. What's today? About that. $10.45, where today it sits at $73.75. Pretty good return in the last year. I'm sure my dad's really upset that I didn't give him that ticker. You know, I give, um, him, give him lots of winners. So I gave him Zillow. He got out way too early. Oh, he already, he already blew out? Yeah. Oh. Is he still in like Tesla? Did you give him Tesla? I didn't give him Tesla. No, are you in Tesla? Like long? I'm in long, Tesla. Is that your long game? I just made 100% on Tesla. I'm certain In the last it. two months. I never was historically in Tesla. I'm but certain Not a that. lot. Not enough. Not enough, certainly, to make a difference. Okay. That's trend number five, EXP. They're not a racket. They're not going anywhere. No. They're here to stay. Uh, they go into a huge detail. Obviously, we're going to cover everything because we want to get through all the trends. By the way, we don't make, we, we said this on the last show, we, we don't make, make anything no promoting this book. I encourage you, if you're in residential real estate, to go out and digest this report. All right. Trend number four, revitalizing real estate's largest franchiser and brokerage company. That is, of course, Realogy. Now, when they say largest, it's interesting because we just said EXP has the largest. Well, largest franchisor. Market cap. Franchisor. Well, they're saying franchisor and brokerage, both of them. Right. Um, I think they're doing it based off of agent count. Mm, I don't know. It's definitely not the largest market cap because we just went through that. Their market cap has been on a decline for almost a decade. In 2013, they were over seven and a half billion on the well, market look, cap. But it's going over volume and Well, th size. this is something different than the market cap. But the market cap was over seven and a half billion. <clears throat> their stock mm -hmm. and today it is I just looked that one up it was 1.8 billion as of writing this it was 1.24 billion and in March 2020 it dropped as low as 270 million in March of 2020 people were saying is Realogy going to go bankrupt they've had a huge bounce back since March of 2020 uh, well, and Inman, Brad also is talking yeah, a little that's bit about Realogy too. Yeah, go for it. No, 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 you go. No, you do it. You want me to? Go do ahead. It? You want me to do it all? Yeah, go ahead. All right. I'll just... <laughs> Brad... I'll uh, throw water at you. Go back to, what is it? One uh, episode 154, 54. maybe? Yes. And we talk about his predictions. He is predicting that Realogy is going to be doing a little bob and weave here. Yeah, episode 154. Go back <laughs> and check that out. Yeah. Uh, he projects that they are going to now allow mega teams, which... Interestingly enough, Trend 2 kind of gets into this. Mega teams or team-operated brokerages to brand as their team and not have CB or C21 or you know, whoever attached to that brand name. Uh, 
CB would be a good example or Sotheby's because right. they're real Corcoran, cheap brands. what yeah. have you. Yeah. Yep. Uh, all right. So they go into the whole timeline here. They go back from, I don't know, 1995. This is a nice little timeline. We'll show you that. Mm -hmm. I go back. Oh, look at you. You're like a teacher now. Look at that. Usually you're like, usually you're like hey, can you pop it up on the screen? Look well, we don't you. have digital copies of this, so well, we've got to do that I mean, that there is here. a camera and you can take photos. Uh, some of their national brands, just for national ranking purposes, Coldwell Banker, third, Sotheby's, fifth. Uh, oh, Century 21 is real. My, my apologies. A little brain fart there. Six for no, you C21. Said, you, said, you, said, you said it. Okay. Yeah, ERA, it. 10th. Better Homes and Garden, 11. Corcoran, 15th. Uh, number of agents. So this is where I think they're going. When, when they say largest, because, again, EXP has a larger market cap, right. a, a larger worth mm -hmm. than uh, Realogy. But number of agents, Coal Banker has 86,000 agents, 20,000 in Sotheby's, 50,000 plus in C21, ERA, almost 13,000, Better Homes and Garden, over 13,000, Corcoran, just under 4,000. So they have way more agents than EXP. EXP still has a lot of room to grow. Uh, a lot mm -hmm. of people that believe that for sure. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. Getting into... That's it. We're Trend. Done with yeah, we're done with real estate. We're done with good real estate. Good for them. Good. A uh, lot of good information. Certainly, if you are in one of those brands, if you're a uh, somebody who owns real estate stock, or working for one of their brands, I would definitely dissect every single word of Trend Four. I think there's some valuable information if you're thinking about staying there long term or maybe making a move. Uh, I'd advise you to jump into Trend Number Four. All right. Trend Number Three: Managing Diversity and Inclusion. Uh, we covered this quite a bit here on The Real World, going all the way back, obviously, to the Newsday. Yeah, what was that, January? I think we started talking about this in January, yeah. right? Yeah, that new. Oh, that maybe Newsday. that was at least the prediction, and then, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, it started we with Brad's 2000... We had never heard of it until, of, until his prediction. Yeah. yeah. The, the Newsday investigation in Long Island, of course, uh, where there was a lot of steering and red line lining going on. They talk about red lining, steering, Access to credit. Mm -hmm. So blacks in 2000, I, oh, let me see if that was 2019. I don't think it was 2020. I think it was 2019. Uh, access to credit. Yeah, report data report of 2019. Blacks were denied mortgage opportunities 16.1% of the time denied financing, where whites were only denied 6%. Or no, whites were 6.1% and it was 16% for black borrowers. 10.8% for Hispanic borrowers, 8.6% for Asian borrowers. So huge uh, disparity there. We went into the, uh, I got to go to that chart. Here's going oh, back to the, again. Yeah, I want to do it again. They have great Mr. timelines Lazine. in this report. Mm -hmm. This goes from the 1940s all well, the way to it, today. It goes 1900s. It oh, just early, follows oh, the I'm sorry. Love. You're right. It starts to early the Early 1900s. And, yep. You're right. You, early 1900s. You good, you good with right. it? You feel good about uh, it? <laughs> the r racial discrimination in residential real estate timeline. This is this is a really good one. Gives you the whole entire breakdown uh, all the way to 2020. What did they have for 20? When NAR well, was founded in 1908, membership was 100% white male. 100% white male in 1908. That's interesting because it's such a... Such a woman-dominated business Female now. Female-dominated uh, business, for sure. Today, approximately 63% of realtors are female, and approximately 20% are of a minority race. 
20% are of a minority race. But, okay, that's not a lot when you look at U.S. population. White is 60.1% of the U.S. population, but the NARM membership of white non-Hispanic is 83%. Hispanic NARM membership, 9%, yet U.S. population is 18.5%. Black NARM membership is 5%, yet U.S. population is 13.4%. Uh, and 4% Asian NARM membership, yet U.S. population is almost 6%. Another huge disparity there. Um, yeah, this is this is, goes into some pretty big detail. Uh, well, and what's nice too is like we're talking facts. Like it's helpful to see numbers to really understand, like you said, like the big disparity between the numbers. It's not just a bunch of words. It's really showing you true numbers and figures of 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 what yeah. the difference is. Yeah. Obviously, we've talked about it. Nar in 2020 introduced a program, Fair Housing Action Plan, to support fair housing. Uh, it is known as the ACT initiative. We've covered that on a previous reward. They go into detail on that in this uh, trends report. Uh, they go through a bunch of the, what the associations are doing, on and on and on. Really good stuff there. Obviously, mm -hmm. eye-opening um, eye in, in the industry is, I feel like real estate's actually doing Pretty well, decent job. We've seen. We've we're talked certainly about being it proactive. A lot. Yeah. yeah, you cannot yeah. deny the fact that that NAR is being. But obviously, proactive. when we look back in five years, if you know, white non-Hispanic is make is sixty percent of the population, and we're over eighty percent of NAR membership, you know, for an impact really to have been made, that would have to kind of drop down closer to the sixty percent number. We can look at that three, four, five years down the line mm -hmm. and see, you know, see how much of an impact real estate leadership uh, you know leaders we're not even talking about you know leadership right uh you know what those rankings are there we're just talking about the overall numbers but you know what are, what are the leaders in real estate going to do to get those numbers up and make those opportunities hopefully provide access yeah. in all honesty i mean i think that's where it all starts but anyway and we talked uh previously on the real where we talked about kind of uh you know opportunities for um lower income because and we talked about or, or in here it talks about that net worth I mean, this is a mind-boggling number here right so obviously home ownership down in these categories and we've talked about that in, in the past but here is family median net worth by race this one was like yep whoa well again i mean if you look at the the amount of home ownership too i mean it, it it's clear why the numbers are so 2019 Fairing. family median net worth white non-hispanic $188,200 black 24,100 hispanic 36,200 those are 2019 numbers and home ownership to me has everything to do with that net worth you talk to any millionaire right like Real estate is a part of that portfolio, sure. owning mm -hmm. real estate, not being, you know, I've been, and I, you can go back to many episodes where I say, hey, if you're an entrepreneur, if you're starting your career, if you're not certain you're going to be in a specific location for seven years. Do not own real estate. Right, rent. <laughs> but at some point, when you settle down, when you really know what the next 10 years looks like for your career, for your life. Owning real estate is essential to building net worth. Oh, and you can like, and you bought a house this year too. Yeah. You did it. Gotta do it. Put your feet down. 
find another one too. I like it. Multiple. All right. Number two, the lead generation focused business opportunity. This to me, if you're not doing it, we said this a few episodes back. If you're not doing this on your team, you are going to be behind. One, I've said it many times, the individual agent, you're gone, you're toast, Zillow already killed you. And now if you're not actually generating leads for your team, for your brokerage, you are in a sad, sorry place. And I'm not just talking about generating a couple of leads at a 40% rip. I'm talking about daily leads where the agents are held accountable for their speed, for their updates, and for their follow-up. That's what the top brokerages are doing. Uh, they say in here, not every team does this, but most of the successful teams often do. That's either in your traditional team model or your team brokerage model. Lisa Chinati, for example, the number one team in all of Massachusetts has shifted from the team model to now owning her own brokerage. And that whole entire brokerage is under the team model. Uh, I think there's going to be a succession plan where if you just want out of the team model, you can go into the brokerage. But 99% of the volume and sides is currently living inside of the team. Mm -hmm. Why does this make sense? You can control where the leads go. You can control that level of follow-up, that Amazon-like experience that Zillow is looking for. Right. Uh, you know, you, when you look at a lot of the brokerages, even in your marketplace, just go onto Google and type in real estate agents in your location, mm -hmm. okay? And look at how many of the brokerages don't even have Google reviews. And if they've got a couple, it's usually somebody who is really upset ripping them. It's because the brokerages haven't even figured out on, you know, most of the brokerages, not all, but a lot of the brokerages in a lot of your areas haven't even figured out how important it is to generate online leads through Google like Zillow figured out 15 years ago. It's why Zillow dominated the residential real estate industry. They figured out how to run Google ads. Amazon was Google ads biggest spender for years when they built their business, right? How many of the brokerages in your community, in your area, have not even gone out there and jacked up their Zillow reviews? It's mind-boggling. Well, and I mean, it's funny though, because I bet those same, like you, you pull out the local newspaper and see how many of them are, are still running ads in their papers mm -hmm. though too. Yeah. Still doing the same still, thing they've always done. Yeah. They don't even, some of the stuff that the, the major teams are talking about, running competing websites, not just having one brokerage website, but having competing websites for Facebook ads, for Google ads, right? For SEO content. This is what the top teams are doing. And the top teams can move a lot quicker because they're not having to invest $4 million revamping an entire website. Right. They're saying, you know what? Why Lopo is interesting right now. It's generating leads for top teams across the country. I'm going to shift over there. I'm not locked into Boomtown. I can go Firepoint. I can look at Sierra. I can... I can get two of these competing in the same marketplace. Right. This is how the top teams are thinking 
while the traditional well, there's so brokerages, much, but there's so much less red tape though too absolutely. in that situation you know i mean because again what these brokerages are thinking of like if we're doing this in utah you know we have to do it in connecticut so yeah. that's that's sort of i think that's why they're a little bit slower too but i do think though that at like the highest level there should be these conversations happening um to, to generate something for your people because they're you, gonna keep running they're gonna keep if you don't have a downline running over to exp yeah exactly if you don't have a downline opportunity like exp if you don't have great ancillary products that your agents want need and will actually use and you're not generating leads then all you're doing is playing the recruiting game of i'm going to try to bring in as many people as i'm losing and hoping that they have friends family network right locally right where they can bring me deals and i can take a rip Absolutely. off of it and that model certainly well as long dying. as the manager's getting their little bonus that's yeah, really bonus. all that matters oh the other part about this trend number two there are great case studies in here. They do a Matt Curtis real estate case study. Uh, they do uh, another real estate, a couple other real estate teams in here, case studies. So uh, I would dig into that for sure. All right. And then the final trend, Which trend number one. Quite obvious. Real estate in a post pandemic, the new normal. Uh, you know, we, I'm not going to go into everything because we've talked about it over and over and over again like how it's changed work life you know people can now work from home well i think what, but, I, but i think what's really difficult here though is to really know exactly what that all is going to look like once we do go back to normal i mean obviously we we know yes we know how work life is different we know how people are living differently but once once you're able to go back to normal we don't really even know what that normal is yet either right. but and they and they do say that some of that's you know yeah not uh clear right now the jury is still out on how big virtual home shopping will be when we kind of go back to some level of normalcy listen i mean i think my take just in the field take and you can in the field in the field i'm not mm -hmm. all right so I like you're that. in the field you, you tell us no, no no go ahead but just having a feel for the team and kind of what we're experiencing is that the virtual home shopping was really much like a one to two month thing at scale. Mm -hmm. And now people want to be in the homes again. Right. They want to actually go see the home. So it may start with a virtual look, well, but they are going to, to see the of home. Of course. I, I think that there are, I think you're going to have a handful of people. I mean, I did sell one property this year where they never saw the home, but it was mostly because they weren't, it wasn't that they weren't allowed to see the home. They just couldn't. Like they mm -hmm. were being relocated. They were, they were in Alaska. Like there was no real way for them to get here. I do think that the surge was because you weren't al allowed um, or people felt as though they weren't allowed to or go they, into Or homes. safety and, and right. that kind of stuff. But, but I agree with you. I mean, people still want to touch and feel, especially now because I think consumers are becoming much, much better educated at the fact that pictures are sometimes so deceiving. Oh, I mean, very deceiving. Now the others, these professional photographers and videographers and filters. And I mean, people look better. I mean, of course, the homes are going to look better, too. Mm -hmm. So I do think that the consumers are getting much smarter on that on that regard, too, to know that sometimes we're fluffing a little bit. Pictures so. can cost you so much money in residential real estate if you're not doing them right uh I, I looked at a property in naples in florida tell me more and this property so one property i'll just use round numbers one property went under contract same floor plan everything for six hundred thousand. Mm -hmm. no water views mm -hmm. another one 
had terrible photography, mm-hmm. awful photography. Mm-hmm. And then they even, not only did they not have good photography, they said they staged it. Mm-hmm. And it was like the worst crap ever. Were the toilet seats up too? Oh my God, the I toilet hate, seats were up, yeah, I hate but, when toilet seats were up. But the, the, the staging was ugly. Mm-hmm. And this one sat on the market at 459. The difference in the two, the 459 one, list price went lower, had, this one had direct water views going, you know how they have those little like, uh, I call them lakes, but they're not really even lakes. They're just like little puddles of water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like you could have them going, you know, over the water or you go all the way long. This had the long view from the end. The one that went for 600, no view. Mm -hmm. What did it have? Fantastic professional photography and the staging. Uh, it really so actually wasn't staged. Like it was cab- their furniture. Cabinets were the kitchen. Couple bath, of minor upgrades. Yeah. Floor plan was exactly the same. So buy it for the four fifty nine. Stage it right. and then just relist it. Correct. Unbelievable. How big of a difference? Tens and tens of thousands of dollars photography can cost you because we know once a property sits on the market, doesn't get instant offers, it gets a stigma, and there's some real opportunities there. Look. I, yeah, I'm I mean, looking. even agents, I think we talked about that in another episode, right? Like, don't call me and ask me why it hasn't sold. Right. <laughs> if, if I'm uh, buying right now, I'm looking at the properties with bad, terrible photos because I know there's less competition there. Uh, it's also an opportunity hmm. if you're a real estate agent. Is that like agent. your true strategy? Like you're like, that's the strategy? Yeah. I mean, I'm looking at the ones with great photos. I'm looking at everything. Yeah. Here's another. This is totally off the topic. We're, we're, I'm not even on topic anymore. We really aren't. But. thinking about this, like, why do people look just in their price range? Once you, I always say, look location. What neighborhood do you want to be in? Look at everything in the price range so you know what the what the top end of the market can get and you know mm-hmm. what the bottom market is going to get and then start zeroing in on your price range. But location shop first. Well, Where do I want to yes, be? I, I hate people at house shop. It drives me nuts. Well, I think most though are house shopping. I don't hate anybody, by the no, way. I just hate well, that's that mentality. Not, that's I hate definitely that mentality. not true. How shopping. Well, that's another topic for a different day. But I, I think I think the problem is is that most people aren't doing what you're you're talking about because the the agents are also not encouraging them to do that because I think that the agent is then concerned that we the the consumer thinks that we're trying to push them above their budget. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do think going lower is is helpful, but I think also you need to know your buyer are they are they able to take on a project too? So, yeah. But, All right. Anyways, going yeah. back to the post pandemic north, they get in a lot into unemployment. Yes. How that's impacted, uh, you know, real estate overall. Yeah. The change in U.S. GDP from 2015 to 2020 over four percent year over year. This is a plus change in 15, mm-hmm. almost 3% change in 16, 17 was over 4%, 5.5% in 2018, great uh, bump up in GDP there, 2019. But look, it's looking like it's the same as 15, so mm-hmm. I mean, we were going uh, up, but... 2019, 4%, 2020 projection was down 3.7% year over year change in uh, 2020, of course, obvious reasons. And then we're projected for a 4% increase here in 21 and just a 3% increase in Again, it looks like, I mean, it's, I mean, it, the recovery is quick though. Yeah. Well, I mean, not really. I mean, this is well, just making up for looking, last year. Well, but I'm just, yeah, it's just sort of like, like everybody wants to do. We're just, we're taking away 2020. No. And 2018 <laughs> was not the same as 2015. Wildly different. Five and a half percent. No, but I'm, but we're looking at it in trillions. I'm just saying if you're, instead of the percentage, if you're, if you, well. 
Look at it. Look it over. That's okay. The table's in here on page 193. Uh, They get into all of the unemployment. Obviously, we know the industries that were hurt the most. Scenic transportation, over 62%. Amusement parks, casinos, 60%. On and on. Clothing stores, laundry, personal services, dentists, movie and TV industry, all 50, basically 48% and up. Restaurants and bars, obviously, 48%. uh, I don't understand this. Furniture and home furnishing stores. Mm Mm-hmm. Employment decline, 46%. Mm-hmm. You can't get furniture anywhere. Well, you it's like impossible. You can't get furniture, but you're buying it like off Online, of... Online, yeah. Well, you're buying it also off the... Like you're buying what they're selling. Right. Yeah, like you're not ordering. The, you have to buy what's there. They got less the, employees. The, but Well, that's because you can only have a certain amount of people in the store. So you don't need as many employees if you can only be at 50% capacity or 25% capacity. Mm. So. All right, they spend, uh, I don't know, a good chunk of the end of this book on how the brokerages actually responded so you know how many of them laid laid people off like redfin furloughed 41 percent of its staff and laid off seven percent uh ceo glenn kelman dropped his salary to zero dollars for the rest of 2020 and the management team decided not to take cash bonuses in Mm. 2020 yet while they did this redfin's market cap went through the roof. I'll give you that one real quick. I gave you some other ones here today. What was Redfin's? You could have gotten Redfin cheap the beginning of 2020. Redfin is one year. They were at $22 a share. Still looks like EXP was the better Mid-January and $80 today, $79 today. Their market cap right now is $8.09 billion as of this recording. Yeah. Huge, huge increases. Unbelievable. All right. There you go, folks. That is the last five trends of the Swanepoel Trends Report, 16th edition. I'd encourage you, if you're in residential real estate, go pick up a copy of this. We don't have an affiliate link. We're not making any money off of it. Uh, it's just really good information. You should know your industry inside and out. I want to play with that. Please. Uh, you should know your industry inside and out. <laughs> if you plan on sticking around, there are huge disruptors, co-stars in the game. Now they're coming in with over a 30 billion market cap. Everybody's coming for that piece of the pie right now. So how do you stay ahead? You know, your industry, you know, should I be a team, a team brokerage? How should I be generating leads? All of that information to align your success in 21, a lot of it's in this trends report, all right? Knowing where things are heading, I'd encourage you to do that. All right, next week we're going to get back into our traditional show where we've got the two rackets and then newsworthy topics. By the way, United Van Lines came out with their migration report. Let's talk about that. You're going to be shocked. That's going to be fun. You're going to be shocked that Connecticut... Um, Didn't make it? Made it. Did the not numbers? add people according to them. Hmm. I was shocked. Interesting. Uh, maybe we'll talk about that next week. But I wonder, is it based on is it based on primary residents or secondary? Moves. Move, migration in and out of okay. a state. Hmm. Obviously, the high tax states, Jersey was number one That's for the last three years. It, I, again, I, I think it... I think there were a lot of... Well, anyway, we'll yeah, talk about it next we'll, week. We'll actually, instead of what we think, we'll tell you about the report. What we know. Next week, we'll, have, we'll go back to two rackets and, and a three-segment show next week. Appreciate everybody. If you are still watching on One and Company's YouTube channel, go over to the Real Word YouTube channel. After this, we will no longer be posting on the One and Company 
channel. So go subscribe to the Real Word channel. And if you are listening on audio, please leave a five-star review. We really appreciate you. And we'll see you guys next week. See ya. Keep it real.